I'm Dr. Becky, and this is Good Inside. So assuming you're not driving a car right now, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as we start this. And remember what you were like at age 13. You might have been in eighth grade, probably the last year of middle school. Who was your best friend? What song did you play 10,000 times? And where did you go to feel free? I used to not be able to be dropped off. Like I had to be like monitored, but being dropped off and like left there with like my own money and like being able to just walk around and have those boundaries set so I know like what to do and what not to do. That feeling of freedom I had at 13 when I got dropped off with my friends at a shopping mall to walk around for hours unchaperoned isn't that far off from the three young women whose lives were being chronicled for a piece in the New York Times called Being 13. Joining me is the former 13, now 14-year-old named London, her mom, Dakita, and journalist Jessica Bennett for a conversation about what Being 13 feels like now. We'll be back right after this. If you're anything like me, mornings can be a real struggle. Between making breakfast, prepping lunches, and making sure our kids actually brush their teeth, the last thing we have time for is a kid having a meltdown about what they're wearing. This is where Garanimals comes in. Garanimals is the original mix-and-match clothing brand for babies and toddlers in sizes newborn through 5T. They're easy-to-pair and fun-to-wear styles, empower kids to dress themselves, boosting their self-confidence and independence. Oh, and making mornings power struggle free for us parents. That is a win-win. You can find all of their fun mix and match styles from their new spring collection in Walmart stores and on walmart.com. So here's to easier mornings, confident kids, and parents reclaiming their sanity. Here's to Garanimals. Is Santa real? Who brings all these presents? Why does Santa bring my friends so many more presents than Santa brings me? Hey, do you believe in Santa? Here's something I know about all of us. We don't want to lie to our kids. And we want our kid to be in on fun and magic. So how do we talk to our kids about Santa or other things in this category, like the tooth fairy? I break this all down, down to the exact words to share, in my crash course, Is Santa Real? How to Talk to Your Child About Santa. It's now available within Good Inside membership. Head to goodinside.com to learn more and to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Jessica, you know what I realized? I would like you to introduce me to Dakita and London. Can you give a little background on you, your relationship with them, on them? Maybe facilitate this introduction. Yeah, for sure. So when we were thinking about wanting to do this project, we put out this call where anyone could submit and say, basically, I'm a 13-year-old and I would be comfortable letting a reporter inside my life and inside my (laughs) phone. And you can imagine that that can feel pretty intrusive and intimate. And so we got hundreds of submissions and London's was one of them. And 
We just in particular felt like she was really real. London's going to think this is all cringe that I'm saying this. Uh, (laughs) But it just felt like, London, your responses to the questions were like kind of just telling it how it was. Like you weren't beating around the bush. You were pretty open. You talked about conflicts. You were really honest about how sometimes it was hard and people don't really get what it's like to be a teenager. And then Dakita is obviously amazing, but she is also very open. And I have known her work from her autism blog and community that she runs. And I think, I mean, clearly daughter gets it from mother because you too are like real talk, really willing to get into it, be open. Like that's sort of your brand and how you live your life. And so the two of you together opening up your lives to me, it was amazing that you were willing to let me into some of these really intimate moments that at times could be uncomfortable, I think. Yeah. Okay. There's so many different questions I have, but Jessica, just staying with you for a minute or two, what did you want to write about? Like, what were you looking for? I mean, I am always fascinated with teenagers. Like, (laughs) I like hearing what they're up to. I feel like they create the slang and the language that we all try to mimic, even if sometimes they're copying the trends that we created in the 90s. Sorry, London. They are the ones making it cool again. And I think that they lead trends in a lot of ways. So I'm always fascinated by teenagers. And I, I think my teen years are the age that I can most distinctly remember. And it's weird as someone now in her early 40s that I can really picture what I felt like at age 13 and age 14. And so we started this project wanting to know what it was like to be 13 at a time when you are legally allowed to join social media, but also at the same time that for girls in particular, self-confidence and self-esteem tends to really plummet when compared to their male peers. And so for me, as someone who's covered gender issues and women's issues for a long time and issues of girls, I wanted to really try to understand what that intersection could look like in the day-to-day. Anything surprise you while you were working on it? Anything you uncovered? I mean, you know, to some degree... I think like where you started this conversation, the feeling of freedom, like there are a lot of similarities between how we experienced Mm -hmm. girlhood and and teen years with what's happening today, like finding your identity, figuring out who you are, figuring out your place in the social hierarchy and like who your friends are and who you can trust and what your interests are. Like all of those things I think are really similar now as they were then and doing all of this at the same time that your hormones are raging, you're going through puberty, like your body's changing, your brain is changing. And it creates this kind of heightened sensitivity to, to all things. Yeah. But what's different today, of course, is that all of this is happening with a phone and with a potential audience at all times. So I don't know that anything super surprised me, but I really felt like it was so valuable seeing it through the eyes of the girls. Yeah. Okay, London. We're talking about being 13 and friendships and like we're all remembering that part of our 13-year-old year, right? Being able to go out with your friends apart from your parents. You and your friends, London, when you say, hey, let's hang out. Like, what does that mean? What will probably happen 
Right? I'm guessing it's not going to the mall like I did. Maybe it is. Um, we usually, if it's hang out, just hang out. Usually it's like you go over to the house and you just scroll on TikTok and not speaking to each other. And then you laugh every like maybe 10 minutes and show each other TikTok. And I do that on the phone too. Like we'll just be sitting there in silence on TikTok and then we'll like see, we'll be like, look at what I sent you. It's quiet, but it's just like having the company there is what makes it fun. Yeah. What do you feel like adults don't understand about kind of social media or kids and social media? I think maybe the importance of it, Mm because it doesn't seem like it's anything important about it, but I have actually learned a lot. Maybe it's a term, don't believe everything to the internet, but there's a lot that I've learned from like TikTok and stuff. And it's not always something like, major but it's actually important like things to do when you're being followed or something like that Mm. there's things that i've learned on tiktok that i probably wouldn't have known about if i wasn't on but and you said it's really important so like it's important for learning but it also sounds like a really interwoven part of your social life i don't know like what would happen does this happen you're sitting with friends and someone's like my parents don't let me go on TikTok and like, you know, are they just kind of watching you or are you like, yeah, Becky, that doesn't even happen. All my friends are on it. Like, what would that be like? Like if one of my friends didn't have TikTok? Yeah. Um, That was me two weeks ago mm-hmm. because I had my phone taken away. <laughs> not two weeks ago, like a week ago. So at lunch, um, I haven't been on TikTok for two whole weeks and I was at lunch and I would just watch TikTok on my friend's phone. Like I'd be over the shoulder watching TikTok or I would just be talking. And it's really like, it's kind of cool to me though because I saw how my things, like my feed and my free page is way different from theirs. And it's like mine was more so obviously girly stuff. And then their like for you feed was like sports and like stuff that I normally wouldn't be watching. And so if someone isn't on, you feel like they might just, are they are they missing out? I guess that's my question. Like, are they missing out on what people end up talking about at lunch or kind of what people are laughing about? Like, I, I just think about myself walking around the mall. I don't remember exactly what I'd be talking to my friends about, but we were sharing a story. Like, that's what, that's what friends do. Like, you share in a journey or you're talking about a topic together. Or you're like, hey, did you see this movie? Oh, I, I saw that movie. And then you're talking about that movie. And so I'm just wondering teenagers who, you know, aren't on social media, what is that like socially, right? Because I think I can speak for some parents and there's this struggle. This is not a push to say all kids should be on social media for this reason, but there's this struggle parents have. Okay, well, do I want my kid to be on it? What would make that safe? And right on the other hand, oh, is my kid going to feel left out? Are they going to not be part of the conversation? It's so important at 13, right? We were saying to feel part of a social life. So I'm just curious from your perspective, what kind of data you have, London? It's definitely something they're going to miss out on, but I could live without it, so they probably can too. And um, a lot of the conversations now, like depending on what grade you're in, like if you're actually 13, you're missing out a lot. But if you're younger, then mm, not much. But um, the conversations and most definitely the jokes, because like there's these sounds on TikTok that like, 
you'll hear and then like of course you're like repeat it because it's funny and then you're, you're just staying there like what because mm-hmm. it's like some people may not get the joke because they're not on tiktok so like if you're missing out on that then you're gonna be missing out on a lot more than just like the conversation yeah and the dances too right yeah yeah Dakita, what were some of your initial worries when London joined TikTok? And have those worries kind of, you know, proven to be true? Are you worried about different things now? Are you just not worried? Are you worried more? I'm definitely worried still. Uh, that's still a thing. Um, but my initial worry was mental health. We take time and energy into London's mental health and making sure that she has um, great emotional intelligence and that she's good. Like, I don't care about everything else. As long as she's good, that's what matters. So in the beginning, I just wanted to make sure that she understood what the purpose of social media was and that she understood that if there was something that was harming her mentally, that didn't make her feel good, that made her feel bad about herself, that she did not follow. Because it's all about the algorithm. It's all about whatever you like, you're going to see more of. Mm. And so I was very concerned about that and the fact that I can't hover and watch her, you know, what she consumes. Second was, you know, London's a gorgeous girl. She's very smart. She's very funny. And I just, my fear was like dirty, older people trying to get in her DMs and like sending pictures and stuff like that. But we have a very open relationship. And from the jump, I told her like, if you receive any dick pics, literally, you need to let me know. Like those are inappropriate. That shouldn't be happening. The other thing that concerned me was just the... I didn't want her to be influenced and feel like she's not pretty because these girls on social media with their filters and their, you know, all of the witchcraft Mm -hmm. that they do to (laughs) present themselves in a way. I wanted her to understand filters and like, you know, this isn't real. You know, this house that these people are in, that's like a rented house. Like I, I felt like I had to really over explain things so she would know that TikTok is and social media is like a veil to everything else. So that was what I was worried about before. That did shift because her usage of TikTok is like she's not posting, even though she's able to post. And we have like a whole contract that we went through as far as her posting ability and things like that. She doesn't post often. And when she does post, it's just like every now and then. She shares a lot of videos with me that are educational. She sends me food. Like people do TikTok meals and half of the stuff that I cook these days are like from a TikTok that either she sent me or I found on my own. So my worries right now are more so on the usage and the being able to tell yourself I need to take a break. Um, I've talked to London about her usage and, you know, she said earlier (laughs) that she could do without it. I was surprised to hear that, but that's another story. (laughs) But I I just really want to make sure that London is um, currently that she's giving herself breaks and that she's managing that time on social media. How do you actually manage that? Like, is it does it shut off? Like, I know there are these apps you can like add that like your kid just has a limit and it's done or you I don't know. Do you say, please try to have an alarm go off after this many minutes? Or how does that actually work between the two of you? There are apps like that. We have not utilized them yet. Currently, what we do is I let her manage it. And I will check her. Sometimes I'll say, oh, you haven't put your phone down. You know, don't make me tell you to put it down. Make sure you manage that on your own. 
London knows that in the mornings, she's not allowed to be on social media or on her phone in general when she's getting ready for school because things happen like this morning, missing the bus. Um, We also have like when she's doing her homework, she can't be on. And when she's at school, she can only be on at lunch. So we have our deal. And if I feel that she's not able to manage that herself, then I will have to actually put the limitations on the phone that like shut the app off. But I don't think I ever have to do that because she's pretty level-headed and she knows when it's going down that path where she needs to get her act together. If you're a parent of a tween or teen, this next message is for you. We are living in a digital first world and we're raising our older kids amidst an unprecedented mental health crisis. We know that the landscape has changed and raising tweens and teens has never been harder. Plus, the data around us and the news coverage is staggering. And we know that reports of anxiety and depression amongst tweens and teens is at an all-time high. We know all of this is true. And still, I don't want to spread a message of fear. Not at all. I want to spread a message of empowerment and hope because after all, here at Good Inside, we're really on a mission to help you be a sturdy leader so you can raise sturdy kids. And I know it's never too late to start this journey. I am so excited to let you know that we are extending our support and resources in Good Inside membership to parents of tweens and teens. From how to navigate phones and social media to how to support your teen through insecurity and anxiety, we equip parents with exactly what they need to help their teens successfully navigate through this turbulent world. Good Inside membership is now supporting parents of kids ages 0 through 18. And what will you get? You'll have access to a digital searchable library of short videos, scripts, and workshops for every single in-the-moment problem and struggle you might be facing. You get access to a safe, private, away-from-social-media community monitored by trained Good Inside coaches. You also have access to ongoing support groups with other parents led by Good Inside coaches to talk about the unique struggles of the teenage years. It's all available at goodinside.com. I can't wait to see you inside. Dakita, I want to ask you one more question just coming up now. You know, the way you're mm-hmm. talking about social media and managing it is, like, it really does feel from the place of, number one, respecting London, feeling like she's a good kid who wants to make good decisions. Like, you guys are a, you guys are a team against mm-hmm. the problems social media could bring, right? Versus... You're on one team and London is on the other team, which can happen a lot, I think, when you're parenting teens. You, like, forget, Mm -hmm. wait, we're actually on the same team. Is that similar to the ways in which you would approach things with her and rules and boundaries? I'm just curious, is that consistent with when she was a toddler or when she was in elementary school and you were just approaching rules or boundaries about totally different things? Uh, that's consistent with us. I I say that I like to break generational things. You know, I tell London all the time. I'm. You can always ask me questions. If I say you can't do something, you can ask me why. If you, as long as it's respectable, as long as you 
are coming to me with a level head and with common sense, we can always have a conversation. I'm never going to say, because I said so. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I'm not parenting like that. Um, When it comes to things, London, she looks at me as a strict parent. And so she will tell me like, my other friends can do these things and my other friends can do those things. But what I always share with her is that you're not going to see this now, but the reason why you can't is because ABC. I also tell her that... You have to have milestones to look ahead to, to look forward to. London has a lot of 13-year-old and 14-year-old friends who are doing things that I wasn't even doing when I was 16. And she understands, like, she still has stuff to look forward to. There are still things that she's able to say, when I turn this age or that Mm. age, I can have a boyfriend. I can wear a full face of makeup if I want. I can stay on the phone all night. You know, these are things she can look forward to. But I've always, the way I raised London, it was always on, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is the reason behind it. And you always have a say in the matter, no matter what. London, does that feel true to you? In terms of it sounds like, you know, connect, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to know the words underneath that face. Um, I mean... Yeah, but like, no, because there's some cases where it's like, I don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Just because like, my friends, some of them do do a lot of things that like, are very not 15, 14 year old activities. Like, but like what? Like going to places that are not meant for 14 and 15 year olds. Like bars? Like, lounge restaurants. So, like, those type of things are just, that's one thing. But, like, you know, the whole social media and, like, on the phone, that stuff, I'm just, I don't know. I kind of feel differently about it. Mm. Just because, like, Sometimes when my friends will do things, like, I will always look at the bigger picture, but sometimes if I feel like the bigger picture is just not, mm-mm, mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll probably say something. Because sometimes if it's, like, an example would be, like, maybe going somewhere, or, like, mm-hmm. some of my friends, or, like, all of my friends, basically, <laughs> they can, like, go places. They obviously have to ask, but, like, not much of, like how much I have to and like do. And so um, that situation I kind of feel is very different. And that's what I'm complaining about. Mm -hmm. Is there a part of you, I'm just curious and answer totally honestly, because it's probably going to be an eye roll and a no, but like, is there a part of you, London, that with those extra maybe steps you have to take or regulations. I know a party's like, that's annoying. I just want to do more like my friends. Is there a part of you, if it's small, that feels, I don't know, like cared for or protected? Even if you're also annoyed? Or like, no, not really. It's just annoying. Um, yes and no. It's too, I feel protected, but not just protected, overprotected. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like... Britney Spears song. Like, (laughs) sooner or later, I'm going to have to be set free. And it's like, I'm going to have to deal with it later on. So if I'm experiencing it young, I won't have to. I already know, like, if something's wrong or, like, 
when I have to deal with it later, I already know what to do because I already dealt with it now. Instead of all at once when I have to go like into the real world. Well, that's like a real thing, but like the real world, when I have to actually go there, I'm actually going to know what is like wrong from right and know how to deal with it. Not just this is wrong. This is right. And you're going to have to deal with it when you do or mm-hmm. when you're allowed to. So it's like, that's the part. It's just like maybe too over. Mm. <laughs> like Wait, the can honesty. I say something Jess, real quick? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So I will say that as an observer, as a fly on the wall of this mother-daughter duo for the last year, I do think that London has learned some really important skills due to her mother's strictness, such as negotiation. Uh, I don't know if we described here the way that London convinced her mom that she should be allowed on TikTok, but it involved a very researched and well thought out and somewhat elaborate case like she would make in front of a judge Mm. uh, (laughs) for all the reasons why she was going to do it in a way that was healthy, all the ways that Dakita could maintain some control while also giving London some independence and then turning those things into a point by point contract that they wrote out and both of them signed and then placed on, I believe, the refrigerator door. And then one hilarious thing that happened was as soon as the article came out and London turned 14, she said, what did she say, Dakita? <laughs> she was like, actually, now that I'm 14, she was already <laughs> negotiating for her yeah. next privileges. Yeah, she's like, so Instagram. And I'm like, what? No, <laughs> wait a minute. You just got on TikTok. What are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. But it was pretty convincing, honestly. And I think, Dakita, you're not an easy person to convince necessarily. No, I was impressed. I'm going to be honest with you. I was impressed because she knew what my concerns would be. And we were on vacation on the beach and she's like, so I'm about like, it was like a a lawyer in a courtroom. And I'm like, who are you? Like, how are you? Where did you come up with this? But for the most part, when just to go back to London's point about being left out and not knowing what's going on in the trends on TikTok, I allowed London to actually have a a ghost account um, on TikTok. And so she would know the dances and she would know what her friends were talking about, even if she wasn't allowed to post. Because I do feel like 13 is such an important age. And I didn't want her to be like, what's that joke you guys are saying? And what's this dance you're doing? She's very social. I didn't want her to miss out on that aspect. So when it was time to go, when she hit 13, I'm like, all right, the floodgates are open. Go ahead. You're up. Um, but she she was really convincing in her in her argument, so I couldn't deny that. Well, I think that is though such an important part of the process. Instead of just yes or no, right? By having the teenager kind of take ownership of thinking, okay, what are the concerns? What are my parents' concerns? We're in this together. We're on the same team. Okay, well, how would I speak to that? How would I explain that? What safeguards do I even suggest putting in place so we're both more comfortable? Now, instead of kind of, quote, rules being dictated to a teenager, the teenager is authoring those things themselves. It's a lot harder to resist rules when you've co-authored those rules. And so I think that's, it's such a powerful kind of approach to getting everyone on the same page. Mm -hmm. Agreed. London, I'm curious, you know, as we all started talking about when we were 13 and our friendships came up, I see the way social media lives in your friendships. You kind of watch things together, you send things, dances, things like that. 
has it had an impact on friendships? Like, do you feel like it in a positive way, in a sometimes negative way? Um, no. Like, there's never really been, like, social media drama mm-hmm. that had to deal with, like, me. But, like, my friends, maybe. But it's never affected, like, my friends' relationships and stuff. Because it's just not something where, like, you can throw shade on social media, of course. But, like, never something where it's really talking about someone. Because if they talk about someone, either they'll say it to your face, (laughs) they'll say it over text, or they'll say it to their friends. Mm -hmm. And then your friends will tell you. So, like, none of my friendships have been affected by social media because... We also just keep our business to ourselves because, like, we know how people can get. So I think that maybe other people, depending on how open they are with, like, their business to others, especially people that like to stir things up, um, that really will affect, like, your friendships and Mm -hmm. stuff. Jessica, is that what you found in your research? Is like, similar to what London says or just kind of depends on the kid and the nature of their relationships? Well, London, you read the other stories. I think London actually has done a probably a better job than some of the other girls at keeping friend drama mm. out of the phone. But if that's the way you're communicating, I mean, it's it's impossible. Like we have we have adult friend drama that plays out over our phones, and and there are times when I've said things over text message that I wouldn't feel comfortable saying to someone's face. But I don't know. I think that. You know, a couple of the other girls really had a lot of stuff play out over the phone or stuff that played out in real life that then transferred onto the phone. But then once it's in digital form, it's like you can screenshot. That screenshot can be posted to a different platform. That different platform can then be screenshotted and taken out of context. You know, something mean that somebody says to you if it were to your face, you'd be hurt, but maybe you could brush it off. Maybe a few days later, it would feel less potent. But when you've got a receipt for it and you can look back on that receipt and keep ruminating over it, it feels pretty bad. So I do think, and it's not just teens, but teens are going through it and feeling all of the feelings that it can feel enhanced and be almost supersized when some of it's playing out digitally. Yeah. Dakita, what have you seen? Is that consistent? Yes, absolutely. But I wanted to add something that London went through that, you know, she's really good about the keeping the drama at bay in general across the board with her friendships. And she shares a lot with me. And I'll say like, oh, don't go saying that to anybody else because people <laughs> are going to talk and then it's going to get back. You know, so I'll kind of give little reminders along the way. But the only issue with social media that impacted London was somebody, she was on FaceTime with someone and they took a, did a screen record or took a screenshot and it was, London's hair wasn't done. You know, she had just woke up, she's on FaceTime with this friend, they're having a regular conversation and that person took that and I don't know if they posted it or sent it to a bunch of friends, but there's this, this photo of London or the screen grab of London going around, you know, the one, the crusty photo as she calls it and she's like, I cannot believe this crusty photo is floating around. And I said, why do y'all screen record each other? Mm-hmm. Like these these teens, while they're on FaceTime, they screen record portions of the conversation. And I'm like, you don't need that. Like that can do nothing good. There's nothing good that comes from that. So that's like the most that I've seen 
come from anything. But mm-hmm. as far as her um, her peers are concerned, she's right. Like she doesn't, there's not a lot of phone drama. Everything is in person. It's something that's done in person. So we don't see that on social media. Yeah. We're talking about being 13. London, you're no longer 13. Is that right? Um. Yeah, I'm 14 now. So you're 14. You started high school. Is that different? Does it feel really different from, quote, middle school life? Does it feel like, yeah, just an extension of the same thing? I know we talked about, for all of us, 13-year-old. Middle school feels like this sudden start to independence. You've settled into that a little bit more. You're 14 in high school. What's, what's different? It is very different from middle school. Your classes matter a lot more. Like, the work is different. The people are different. Not many people care as much as in the ninth grade because it was such a small, like, bunch of people so everyone was in everyone's business like if you saw someone walking with each other like oh my gosh are they dating like it'll be something big but now everyone's just to themselves no one really cares about things because there's a lot of different looking people in high school so no one cares everyone's to themselves and drama is just always going to be there though (laughs) all right jessica i feel like I'm listening to London speak. London and Dakota, like, what strikes me is no one's figured out this, you know, time period. No one has, like, the code for this is exactly how you manage social media. This is exactly how you manage those 13, 14-year-old years. The two of you have so many amazing elements. You do. The openness, the collaboration. I think it sounds like there was a history of that before you entered this stage, which is really, really helpful, too. I'm curious, Jessica... I'm guessing you've you've seen a range of things. <laughs> like, wh- what are you feel like the biggest kind of challenges that maybe not London even specifically, but that you do see kind of, you know, 13, 14 year old girls facing? I mean, I think everything feels like the biggest thing ever to have ever happened, <laughs> you know? So it's like, an argument with a friend that might blow over in a couple of weeks and is very typical of teen years feels like it is everything. And a grade that you can approve upon, but it comes to your phone via a series of push notifications, which is something that I did not know before reporting this story was a thing that happened. Every single little quiz gets pushed to your phone as a notification. So you're like sitting there trying to do your homework and then you see that, oh, actually your science grade has gone down a couple of percentage points. That would make me absolutely anxious. Um, (laughs) So that can feel like everything. And I think feelings are big and that is totally normal. That is literally what your brain is doing at this age. And what the researchers and the neuroscientists will tell you is that, you know, your brain's not going to be developed. The part of your brain that deals in impulse control and decision-making, that's going to take a decade more (laughs) to be fully developed. So it absolutely makes sense that if you're a teenager and your hormones are raging and you're on social media and your brain is not equipped to deal with some of the strength of the feelings you're experiencing when your anxiety is rising and you might be feeling depressed, it's a lot. And so I guess, you know, what I will say is that each of the parents in in this project dealt in different ways and were sort of fumbling their way through trying to figure it out. But I do think that the openness that Dakita and London have 
where they can talk about what they're seeing. You know, like, yeah, there is misinformation. There is curated filters that are totally fake in order to make you feel bad about yourself. Like, there is ways that the algorithm targets you in a negative way. And we do know that the more time kids spend on social media, the worse they often tend to feel about themselves. So that doesn't mean don't look at it ever, but talking openly about what you see, what you see there, I think seems like it's working for, for y'all anyway. <laughs> All right, London, I'm going to end with you. Let's say you have a 13-year-old daughter right now. Would you let her go on social media? And if you could only offer her one, two, three pieces of advice for how to navigate it, what would they be? Um, yes. And I would tell her probably like the one that I got. <laughs> Don't believe everything you see. And the second one would probably, um, we would make agreements and stuff, but telling her that it's okay to be like not feeling the best. Like if you're in bed and you just don't look the best and then you see someone who's like all dressed up and stuff, it's okay to not feel like as confident in in yourself as you would want to be, but just don't like let it really get to you because you can always get up and get ready. And um, the last one would probably just... Mm, I don't know the last one. Just send me videos. Mm. I wouldn't be too, like, harsh about it. Just Mm. to see, like... Because if it's me being harsh and she, like, just got it, then it's gonna... Like, she's not gonna want to tell me anything. Yeah. So I would let her do her. And then if... Since I'm, like, backing off, maybe I'll ask her questions, like... Like, what do you look at on social media? Of course. Um, mm. And if she tells me, then we can go from there. But let her do her. And then if something comes up and she tells me about it, then that will just expand the relationship more. Because, like, she's coming to me. So that will be it. I, I think that that piece of sharing videos with your parents, like letting your parents be a part of it and not to lecture you, just like have a sense of your world. I think that is so important. Thanks for listening. To share a story or ask me a question, go to goodinside.com slash podcast. You could also write me at podcast at goodinside.com. Parenting is the hardest and most important job in the world. And parents deserve resources and support so they feel empowered, confident, and connected. I'm so excited to share Good Inside Membership, the first platform that brings together content and experts you trust with a global community of like-valued parents. It's totally game-changing. Good Inside with Dr. Becky is produced by Jesse Baker and Eric Newsom. Magnificent Noise. Our production staff includes Sabrina Farhi, Julia Natt, and Kristen Muller. I would also like to thank Erica Belsky, Mary Panico, and the rest of the Good Inside team. And one last thing before I let you go. Let's end by placing our hands on our hearts and reminding ourselves, even as I struggle and even as I have a hard time on the outside, I remain 
good inside.